Good afternoon and welcome to St. Martin in the Fields and welcome to this week's Great Sacred Music. Today we're marking the uh, first anniversary of the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, which falls tomorrow, which obviously in turn is also the first anniversary of the accession of King Charles III. And some of the music in today's Great Sacred Music was sung at uh, Queen Elizabeth's uh, uh, funeral service just under a year ago. We've just heard Thou Knowest, Lord, the Secrets of Our Hearts by Henry Purcell. The funeral sentences for which it comes brings together music composed in 1677, perhaps originally for the funeral of one of Purcell's teachers, and the music he wrote for the funeral of Queen Mary II in March 1695. The anthem you've just heard was actually later performed at Purcell's own funeral that year, after he died at the young age of 36. The text is taken from the Book of Common Prayer from 1660, and it includes the themes of the transitory nature of earthly life, fear of divine judgment, and the hope for divine mercy. As you heard, the anthem is chordal throughout, and it maintains a remarkable uh, melodic and harmonic line. The prayer passionately and simply asks that God should spare us and that we should not, at our last hour, for any pains of death, turn away from our Creator. It's our tradition at Great Sacred Music to begin by singing a hymn together, which you'll find on the inside of your sheet. The hymn writer, John Ellerton, was a priest in the Church of England and a significant Victorian hymn writer. His early hymns were for children, and actually one of his major contributions was one of the editors of the first edition of Hymns Ancient and Modern, a hymn book that still exists to the present day. This hymn was actually written in 1870, and it was for a book called A Liturgy for Missionary Meetings. They had uh, good names for hymn books in those days. It was revised slightly and then published the following year in a book called Church Hymns and Tunes. And the description uh, above the title of this hymn was, their office was to stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord, and likewise at even. It's interesting that it was the practice at the time of writing this hymn when poets would often borrow texts from one another. And it's noted that the first line of this hymn actually appeared in a hymn book much earlier, uh, quote, as the opening of an undistinguished and unknown two-verse poem in a book called Church Poetry in 1855. But from this inspiration has come one of today's best-known and much-loved English hymns that perhaps became best-known when it was sung at Queen Victoria's Diamond Jubilee in 1897. So we'll remain seated as the voices stand and lead, the day thou gavest, Lord, is ended.
There's an interesting link between the Purcell, which we sang at the beginning of Great Sacred Music, and the three burial sentences by William Croft, which we're about to sing now. When Croft composed the burial sentences, he included not his own setting of the text of Thou Knowest Lord, but the setting of Henry Purcell that we sang at the beginning. He said that the reason why he did not compose a new verse is, quote, obvious to every artist. Croft's burial sentences were sung at George Frederick Handel's funeral in 1759 and have been included in every British state funeral since their initial publication. So we're now going to be singing the Croft burial sentences, I am the resurrection and the life, I know that my redeemer liveth, and we brought nothing into this world.
piece, Like as the Heart Desire of the Waterbrooks, sets the first seven verses of Psalm 42. It was commissioned for the state funeral of Queen Elizabeth II, at which it was performed at Westminster Abbey on the 19th of September, 2022. Weir commented about the text and her composition. The words and music speak at first of the soul's great sadness and thirst for God's reassurance. But as the psalm progresses, the mood becomes calmer and more resolved, culminating in consolation with the words, put thy trust in God. She said that it was inspired by the Queen's strong faith in Anglican worship and her support for it. After that, a piece by the English organist, composer and teacher, John Goss, who's perhaps best known for his vocal music and his hymn tunes. I Heard a Voice from Heaven is taken from the book of Revelation, chapter 14, a heavenly voice proclaiming a blessing on those who die in happy union and fellowship with him are happy for they rest from toil.
Charles Wesley was a prolific hymn writer of the 18th century. Coming from a musical family, he left a lasting legacy of congregational song. In fact, it's estimated that during his lifetime, he penned more than 9,000 poems of a spiritual nature, 6,000 of which are hymns. Charles's brother John sometimes served as editor to these hymns. Apparently, his typical response was, some were good, some were mediocre, and some were exceptional. There's nothing like having a friendly brother. Love Divine or Love's Excelling was first published in a collection of hymns entitled Hymns for Those Who Seek and Those That Have Redemption in the Blood of Christ. As I said earlier, um, the titles of hymn books were somewhat different in those times as they are nowadays. It's interesting looking at the text of this hymn. If you look at um, the final verse, change from glory into glory till in heaven we take our place. Change from glory into glory is an almost direct quotation from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Wesley describes that day in heaven when, quote, we take our place till we cast our crowns before thee, lost in wonder, love, and praise. So we'll remain seated as the voices stand and lead, love divine or love's excelling.
Thank you very much for joining us for Great Sacred Music for today. On your way out, there will be an opportunity to donate to a retiring collection, which really helps us uh, grow and build the music program here at St. Martin's. On the front of your sheet, you'll find details of future Great Sacred Musics. Uh, next week, we're exploring the hymn writer Catherine Winkworth here on Thursday at 1 o'clock. And if you're visiting London, you can also watch Great Sacred Music, which is also streamed, um, streamed live online on our stmartins.digital uh, website or on the St. Martin's Facebook page. Please do also join us every Sunday at 3.15 for Choral Classics, uh, in which, uh, which we um, spend over half an hour exploring a different theme each week, uh, reflecting in words and music, and each, and each Choral Classics is led by a member of St. Martin's Voices. Uh, this week, it's O for a Closer Walk with God. We finish uh, Great Sacred Music today with the first of Parry's Songs of Farewell, my soul, there is a country. He began to conceive this whole set of six motets in 1913, and much of their composition happened over the following two years. It's interesting to note what period of time that took place. These were very much reflections on what was going on in the world in World War I, but also they come at the very end of Parry's life and really do reflect back on his life and works. As an agnostic, Parry didn't originally intend these motets to be liturgical, but he did concede that their most suitable environment was in a cathedral or large sacred space. The first motet, My Soul, There is a Country, uses words by the metaphysical poet Henry Vaughan, and it's perhaps the best known of all the motets, partly because of its length, but also because of its more accessible four-part scoring. It reveals some of Parry's most florid polyphony, and the gift for melody. Listen out for the final section in which sequences of rising intervals sung by, the uh, sung by uh, Tenorline, thy God, thy life, thy cure, interact with the avowal of an unchanging, loving creator, but one who never changes. A musical statement that's displayed magnificently in the final set of chordal progressions. Thanks for joining us.